Hello and welcome back to the other 99% podcast where we take a step back from the 1% marginal gains that society has become obsessed with and instead focus on the other 99%. Throughout the series we will discuss all things related to self-actualization and becoming the very best possible version of yourself. I'm your co-host Tom Osmond, as always joined by George Cook and today we've also got Jasper on the show. Hi Jasper, how are you doing? Yeah, good thanks. You say if you could say that again. You didn't cock it up. You promised no, you cock it up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, Jasper, if you could give the listeners uh, intro to what your background is and what you're currently doing. Uh, so um, I've sort of always loved sport, played team sport, and um, I my sort of main focus at school was uh, cross country um, and sort of di- middle distance running, um, and then I left school, went to uni got fat played rugby instead because it was uh, less effort um and I could carry around a bit of extra timber um and I've always sort of enjoyed team sports and then I moved to Brighton for my job and uh about I think sort of five six years ago one of my friends said I'm doing a half marathon and I went yeah sure I can do that um and uh went out for my first training run um, and having been somebody who ran sub 20 minutes quite regularly for 5k I went out at that speed and I didn't make it uh, I made it to 4k at about again 20 minutes um, yeah uh, but from, <laughs> from where I'd been it was quite a harsh yeah, yeah. dose of reality um, especially as I told somebody quite confidently uh, without any training that I was going to run sub 130 for my first ha- ever half marathon yeah, that's um, about four minute pace as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's like 4.17, I think. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. And so training really kicked in and I, I actually made it. I made 1.29.36, which I was pretty much over the moon with. Yeah, um, yeah. And then suddenly realised that actually um, having a goal and a focus has is something that really motivates me. Um from there, I went to five kilometer open water swim race. Um, I did a, a thing called an Everesting, a half and, a, and a, a full on a bike. One of them was indoors. That was pretty intense. That was like 15 hours on a turbo trainer. And then I did a, a trail marathon last October. And now I've signed up for an Ironman, um, which is happening in two weeks time. And that's sort of been my journey from being really fit to very unfit back to kind of peak fitness again yeah nice and so let's just go back to say you just went to uni what did you study at uni uh ancient history ancient history and then you obviously yeah. met Cook at brighton yeah so yeah. i did i did my undergrad and then i did um i did a year out as a bartender which was probably the the main downfall in my life fitness um and then uh and then I came to Brighton um as a teacher after doing a PGCE um so yeah. 24 so about 10 years ago met George six years ago probably just as I again started the the return to fitness as we'll call it um from as I say genuinely not being able to finish a 5k um and uh now looking at doing a lot more than that in one whole day so yeah 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 and you, you teach history i take it 
Uh, no, not even slightly. I okay. teach. I'm head of science at the prep. Okay. Uh, <laughs> school. Um, I I did science as an A level. Prep yeah. is only to, uh, year eight or thirteen years old, so it's not um it's not too challenging in terms of the content and um it's way more fun setting fire to stuff than talking about dead people basically yeah get the bunsen burners out <laughs> exactly yeah everybody everybody <laughs> everybody loves that um not as many people like writing essays so yeah it's much, yeah. much easier subject to teach in my mind cool so uh so yeah you you played a lot of team sport carried on playing rugby at uni but then since when did you stop playing rugby um about uh so sort of five years ago i played a bit whilst i was in brighton but it was i i, I always loved team sport because of the social side and i still yeah. play hockey and football um uh, quite regularly um and i i don't think i'd ever give up the team sport um for as i say for the social side and the the other it, it gives you something completely different to individual sports like triathlon and and running and swimming and cycling and those sorts of sports um that team element to it is i i'm a i, I teach a bit of games as well i'm a big fan of it both personally and for the development of our of our kids um i think it's brilliant awesome. i um i was thinking about a couple of your just when you said about having a, a goal and how it focuses you so well um a couple of times where you haven't necessarily had a goal in that um that build-up period and i'm thinking about um a picture you sent me the other day that was like prepare yourself for open water swimming and it was like this checklist of things that everybody should do before they get in the open water for the first time and you'd literally done zero of these things but you were like oh it'd just be okay wouldn't it and you just got in and <laughs> you just had a go <laughs> okay uh yeah that is definitely true however I like prepared by swimming in a pool and yeah. uh, sometimes quite naively. And I have done this in other things. I think, well, I've done some preparation uh, that will do. Um, and it's usually a big shock to the system, but it's quite, quite good fun. It's always a learning curve, isn't it? When you uh, just sort of literally throw yourself in. Um, but yeah, as I say, the open water swimming, I think I'd, I, as I say, I did a, a 5k open water race and I think I'd swum in open water three times before the race. Um, but I'd done loads of pool training. So I was like, well, it's basically the same thing. How different can it be? Um, it's and, swimming, isn't it? Yeah, it's just, it's, it's the same thing. It's, you know, it's like running on a, a an indoor trainer and running outside on trails. Like they're the same process. Um, and uh, yeah, you learn quite quickly. I think um, the race was pretty intense to be perfectly honest especially if you turn up 10 minutes late for the start time yeah 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 well, it meant that I was overtaking a lot of people so I had a lot of people to chase <laughs> even though I was in the wrong wave and all oh, yeah, I got it all so wrong but um I was a lot younger younger and uh, a lot more naive I think I think I'm a bit more prepared going into things these days so with obviously teaching and, and I've spoken about this a little bit on the show before that it's quite full on. Um, and you've spoken about some of the events you've done in the past. You've done a, a half Everesting and a full Everesting. And for those that don't know, that's basically where you pick one hill and you cycle up and down the same hill uh, repeatedly until you reach the accumulative height of Mount Everest. Um, so it, it's pretty brutal and obviously takes a long time. You said it took 15 hours. How, how did you, how do you balance 
like having a social life, playing team sport, doing all this individual training, being at work? Like, how, how does that work for you? Um, I think one of the biggest things for me, um, and I've come to realize this, uh, I'm sort of I'm in my mid 30s now, um, is that not having a family makes a huge difference. Um, I am beholden to nobody at weekends and in evening in the evening time. Um, I've got a lot of friends with young children, uh, people who have just got married or are getting married or all of these sorts of things. And um, I don't have that commitment. Um, and it it means that, for example, on a Sunday, if I need to go out and do five, six hours of exercise and not do much else. So do the exercise, eat and nap. I can do that with no, no consequence. In terms of balancing it with, uh, with work, um, it means a lot of it happens at weekends. Um, I do my shorter sessions, obviously, relatively at the moment, my shorter sessions are like an hour, an hour and a half. Uh, in the past, they might have been only sort of 30 minutes, um, but I do those after work. Uh, my work, uh, I work at Brighton College and we have facilities such as a swimming pool and a gym on site. So I can go straight from work into, into that, um, which is, a, again, something that a lot of people don't have. Um, and I have the holidays. Um, so I probably load my training more in the holidays um i will if i'm training for something like cycling i will do two or three big rides in a week during the holiday time um as opposed to just one a week in the um in the in the term time um and then balancing it socially i believe that uh, like even whilst i've been training for an ironman up until about three months ago i was still going out and having a few beers with my mates and I wouldn't I wouldn't let that affect me I would just make sure that my training was done before or if I knew I was going to have a few beers I sucked it up the next day and you just have to get on with it frankly you don't uh, oh, that was gonna be my question you just train on a hangover <laughs> um I hate doing it I absolutely hate training on a hangover um but sometimes it's necessary if you want to have everything like there is so much to do in a day in a week in a in a month that if you try and do it all and not sacrifice anything you end up doing a lot and it, it you do have to just yeah sometimes as I say suck it up um I went for for lunch with a mate today I had a three-hour ride well it was meant to be a two-hour ride and a one-hour run and I forgot about lunch uh I got back from my ride and my mate had texted me being like, we're still on for lunch. And I, you know, I had to say yes and just change and go out really quickly. Um, I might squeeze a run in after this today or I might chain, move my run to tomorrow. It's about being flexible, but also knowing which bits are important and which bits are sort of non-negotiable. Um, it means a lot of early training or training around other things. Um, and that's sort of the way I balanced it. I mean, I went to an example would be I went to our staff end of term like this up. Sorry, how do we do we not work? <laughs> yeah, you can say what you want there. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I drank non-alcoholic beers 
and uh, at 9 30 10 o'clock when everybody else was really heading out I then said I'm going home and the next morning I woke up and did a a, a half Ironman distance effort as part of my training so that was like six hours of training the next day you you can balance it you just have to work out what you want to do and what you don't want to do frankly there's a few bits in there um that i i quite liked and i don't know if it's a, a conscious effort um where you talk about going to the gym or or the pool straight after work and the idea of like reducing friction between you and what it is you want to do so while you're already out and you're away from home you you do the you eat the frog as it were you get you get the exercise done as opposed to like going home i'm one of those that if i go home and sit down it's like well that's it game over um you know it's really then difficult to motivate to go out again so i guess what i'm inferring here is that you pre-plan quite a lot like ahead so there's the idea of being flexible but also you know that on a, a monday wednesday and a thursday you've got this on at work so you can do this afterwards or you've got this on at work so you know you can't do anything yeah, that's 100% it. Um, this, I've, I've been training for the, the Ironman that I'm doing um, for about six months. And it is, it's a Monday morning, you wake up and you plan your week. Um, I know I've got a, a meeting at school, uh, at work that goes till um, 5.30. And I know that the swimming pool is open at six on that day. So it makes sense um, that that's my swimming day um, for that part of my training. Uh, and it is just things like that, knowing what's going on in a week. Uh, you have to be pretty on it with your organization, which is something that I haven't been in the past. And this has made me better. And yeah, as I say, just knowing what's going on and what, what I have to attend and what I can maybe put to one side um, and then knowing how I can make that as you say, transition into that as easy as possible. Things like if I'm going for dinner in town, um, I might finish my ride. I might take start my ride by going into town and dropping a bag of stuff to change into, finishing my ride in town, showering and changing so that I'm already there. Those little things allow a lot more, uh, a lot more ability to say yes to doing stuff um, than if I as you say, like if I cycled or I run and then I finish at home, well, then I've got to shower and change at home and then go into town and those sorts of things. And it's those little things that make make it easier, but you do have to plan a lot in advance and you have to really work out. I've schlepped kit all around the country this year um, so that I can do training. I've taken bikes and running shoes to George's. I've taken them to my parents' house. Uh, I went on a school trip to Cornwall and I took my road bike and my running shoes and did three full days of training in on a school trip around being with the kids of pretty much 24 seven as well. So it's, it, yeah, it, it's planning and, and knowing how you're going to fit it in. Because obviously you, we'll come on to like what an Ironman is in a minute. Um, but for well, most like people... What I like about that is basically if it's important to you, you'll find a way to do it. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah. The um, the Ironman aside, like your when you've had periods in between training where you've done um, just sort of been ticking over and, and leading an active lifestyle again, just for 
um, the other 99% in particular who who are maybe not at Ironman level yet, uh, but maybe thinking about it. Like, obviously, I, I know this because I know you, but, you know, you use your commute as well as a, a way of staying fit and healthy as well, don't you? Like, that, there's things that you can do just as a lifestyle choice that, you know, whether you commute one way or another, they take a similar amount of time, but one of them is good for you and one of them is kind of neutral. Yeah, 100%. So when I'm not um, training, uh, I mean, I do, I am somebody who loves being active. So it's, it, it is that balance, but I, it's seven kilometers roughly from my house to my work. Um, if I'm not training for anything, my aim in a week is to do half of my commutes by running. Um, because as George says, it's, it's perfect for, it's the same amount of time, basically, by the time I've got into school, showered and changed. And again, I'm lucky I have those facilities in my work so that I can, if I plan in advance, I can have all my stuff in school. So I'm not carrying too much. I can run to school, shower and change, and I'm I'm there. It it doesn't throw off the timings of my day. Um cycling again, um, for, for people who who don't maybe do as much, cycling to work is fantastic. It's, you know, yes, sometimes you, it, the British weather doesn't always agree with that, but I did it for the first year that I lived in where I live and I cycled every day uh, to and from work. And it's it's grim some days, but it's also absolutely stunning other days, getting up early and just seeing the sunrise and and getting into work that way. Um, it's such a British thing, isn't it? Because, um, you know, I've been over to the Netherlands and stuff and everybody cycles like rain, hail or snow. There's more bikes on the road than there are cars but literally in the uk we're like well there's a cloud i'm not going today like i'm getting in the car i'm taking the bus whatever it is but there's just so many little things that we can do like obviously i was living in london before and even if it's just getting off the tube like a stop or two stops before you need to and walking that last bit this idea of being healthy and active before you start your day just puts you in a really good headspace before you actually you know crack on with with the business part yeah, I mean, in the summer, um, I will walk home on a day, like just put a decent podcast on. I've heard the other 99% is pretty, pretty good. So it's worth a listen. Um, and and it, it's an hour walk. It's not the end of the world, especially in the summer. It's really nice. I don't do it in the winter. I'm not going to lie. But it's it's again, it's just finding a way to to fit it in. And then you get home, you've done an hour of walking you your commute my commute is about half an hour anyway so it's not haven't lost that much time but I get home and I feel so much better because I've done my hour uh I might have listened to something quite educational I might have just listened to music but I've had a, a, a bit of headspace time and yeah that's that's another way that I just fit it in around my my lifestyle nice um let's let's talk about the Iron Man. So. For those that don't know what an Ironman is, this is three events put together and it's basically like a super triathlon, isn't it? So you swim 3.8K and I'm going to switch units here and go into miles uh, and you ride 112 miles, which is about 180K, yeah. something like that. And then off the back of that, you then run a marathon, which is 42K or 26.2 miles. Um, and you do all of those three things one after another. Um, and I think probably the question that a lot of people will have 
um, when you tell them that you're doing that is why? Why do you want to do that? Um, that's a really good question. <laughs> uh, I think, I, as I said, I like having something to, cha- to train for. Um, and more and more, I, I like pushing what it is that I can do. Um, as I say, I, I had a, I, I trained for a half marathon, not, not that long ago, sort of five, six years ago. And in my mind, I would never have considered running a marathon at that point. So not, not a a huge amount of time ago. Um, as I say, I, I considered myself a middle distance runner. So five, maybe 10 kilometers at a push, but nothing more. And then I was like, oh, I can, I can do a half marathon. What could I do next? And I was like, well, I really enjoy swimming. So I'll pick that. And it it's sort of each time I've done something, I've enjoyed the training. I've enjoyed the process. I've enjoyed learning about myself and what it is that, what my boundaries are and what my, my capabilities are. And um, I, I enjoy the endurance side more and more. Um, don't get me wrong. I love still running a fast 5k and I, I want to go back to that after this, but it's, it's more than a physical challenge. Um, and the sense of achievement at the end is, you know, there's a statistic, I'm not sure it's true, but there's a statistic that less than 1% of the world has run a marathon, which might be right, but I, I don't know. I thought it less than that. That's, that's quite a lot, isn't it? Yeah, I I think it's quite high, but I it's I heard it once and it um I've heard a few people throw it around. So we'll we'll call it maybe right. The the numbers when you this Everesting challenge I did, I think I was something like the five thousandth person in the world to have completed it. Um I can see you both desperately googling the yeah. 0.17% <laughs> I got. <laughs> Yeah, that, that, make, that makes it more impressive. Yeah, is that what you got, Kirk? 0.17%. I got 0.01, so we're uh, 0.01. Yeah, that as well. But yeah, anyway, it's definitely less than 1%. Okay, so the, the average was, I was like one of 3,000, I think it was, in the world. Um, yeah. and that really appeals to me. Like, I'm it, it puts you know, seeing your seeing a time on a um a, a race and seeing you're in the top one percent of the people that took part in that race that's quite cool like that's that's something that really that feeling is amazing and 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 it feels incredible doing stuff that just other people haven't done let alone finishing in the sort of top 50 percent of those people or top 25 percent that really i think at the core of it between the enjoying the training and enjoying pushing myself, those those sorts of feelings are things that you can't get doing many other things. Um, and so, yeah, I really enjoy that. Basically, that's that's my uh, that I, th- I think those are the the, the main motivators. Yeah, because I guess like pretty much everyone on the planet is like at least kicked a football or hit a tennis ball or, or done something like that even in the most remote parts of the world people have done those things but you're you're not being paid to do this like you're not giving up your job to do this but you're still finding a way to to put yourself in that tiny little 
percentage of of the world's population basically yeah and uh you know the amount of people that you speak to on a on a whenever and say i've done this and there's so few people that even know what an iron man is let alone have done one um that's that's quite a quite a cool feeling i think um to yeah it is it's it definitely motivates me so let's talk about the training like how have you how have you found training for something that you've never done before in terms like obviously you've done all the the things individually but you've never put them together before so in terms of the i guess the psychology of it to begin with um what's that like i don't want to put words in your mouth so i'll just let you go with what what that's like when you kind of set off with that kind of program with that goal at the end of it um it was overwhelming i'm not gonna lie the first um so for those that don't know george wrote this program for me um and immensely grateful um but i was excited to start it at the beginning because i was like oh it's it's kind of like an adventure you you know sort of seeing where you're going to get to at the end and you're not really sure and then i i got completely overwhelmed by it um it it was like it's 29 weeks it's this many hours it's this many sessions it's all of this and um i couldn't handle it basically um and i had to find a way to break it down which we all do anyway nobody thinks about i've got to run 800 miles to train for a marathon they think about session by session and week by week and that's so um i have a so i've looked at it i try to look at it week by week um and not really the the week before once it's done it's done uh, you can't change that and one the week ahead is in the periphery i might be thinking about it what's to come but generally i'm just focusing week by week as i say trying to plan out how i'm going to fit it into my life and the, yeah focus on that and it's been peaks and troughs there's some been some like absolutely insane moments which i've completely loved um the two highlights i think i'd take away from it i ran a half marathon as part of my training and I took four minutes off my PB which is like I, I wouldn't have thought I was capable of doing that a year before starting this I just it didn't even enter my mindset and the second one was I uh, did an Olympic distance triathlon um, so very quickly 1500 meter swim 40k bike 10k run and I finished third in my age group um, which like I was absolutely buzzing about 31st out of uh, I think like 1500 competitors so and that, that age group as well is like the age group for endurance activities as well isn't it it's like 30 to 40 I think is probably where most people fit in the kind of elite category for for endurance events yeah um the guy that was top in my age group was a GB athlete so Fair. um yeah he I mean he smashed me to pieces but the you know I was still in his category so um yeah those moments have been amazing I've done things like going out for runs and you just suddenly like oh I run for an hour and a half and it's not difficult it's just an easy run uh, and going out for a bike ride today I did three hours and I got off and I I didn't even feel fatigued basically I felt like I just I just enjoyed being outside for three hours 
Um, and it's those moments are really, really good. And you have to bottle those moments because the bits where it's really dark. Um, I've done three turbo sessions of four hours or indoors. And sitting and looking at a TV screen for four hours is so dull and so bleak, but the weather outside was worse. So, um, and living around Brighton, it's not, the course I'm doing is really flat on the bike. So I've been trying to practice as much as possible in the time trial position on my bike, as opposed to being outside when it's wet and windy, where I'd have had to not do, I wouldn't have been able to get as much practice as that. So those moments have been pretty um, tough. Uh, you know, doing six, seven hours on a day of of exercise is hard. It doesn't it doesn't get easy. I'm sure maybe it does for one or two people, but so those moments have been pretty hard. Um, so it's been a balance uh, and overwhelmingly positive as an experience. And the finishing will be the 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 cherry on top, but genuinely if somebody said it's cancelled i'm not sure i'd be that upset i think i'd be like it was an amazing experience going through it i've already taken away two or three things that are incredibly positive the the iron man itself will give meaning to the whole experience but actually at the end of the day you can't train for something like this without enjoying the other bits yeah there's too great a length of time if if you don't enjoy it isn't it it's like um, that complete BS quote from Muhammad Ali when he said he hated every minute of training. He'd go through it and live the rest of his life a champion or something like that. There's just no way that you hate every single minute and commit to it for that extended period of time. While you're talking there, um, something just popped into my mind. Um, and I haven't really thought about this on the flip side. So for those that are getting into exercise, you mentioned before about 800 miles to run a marathon. And a lot of people do this where they they download uh, a sort of off the, the shelf running plan for a marathon. And it's like, right, your long run each week is, it's going to go up by 10% and they give you distances and it goes up distance by 10%. Now that's regardless, like where I live is super hilly, you know, somebody else lives super flat, but it's the same distance, but they're not the same run. How have you found, cause I know that you've done half marathons and marathons based on distance psychologically. What's it like training for time? Cause I'm thinking somebody who's thinking, I want to run my first 5k but if we reframe that as like I want to run for 30 minutes how have you found the timing versus distances you're not chasing something um I I've quite enjoyed it um it it's a much more attainable goal I think than going out and running 10k 5k 3k or whatever run for this amount of time and the other part of it that has been big in my training has been running at a, a set effort level um I, and i've i've enjoyed that side of it because this it almost takes a bit of pressure off you're i go out with a a rough idea of i know how fast i run so i know how far i'm going to run roughly say it's an hour easy in my mind that is i need to plan a sort of 12k ish loop or or just under um, but it means that if I'm not having a good day and I'm still hitting the right heart rate, then it's a good session. Um, and so you, you take away that pressure 
um, when I trained for my first half marathon, it was very much, I did it, I, I wrote the training plan myself, it was very loose, it didn't have much focus, and I sort of, I'd go for a long run, and I would try and up the distance a bit, and that didn't, the effect and the, the performance benefits of this way has just been way, way higher, um, and it's, as I say, it's much more attainable, because if you're heart rate is in the right zone then you're you're doing the right thing so you you don't have to worry about pace and i think i know that i i get caught up in that you looking at your watch the whole time whereas if i look down and my heart rates in the green zone brilliant i'm doing the right thing even if my pace is a lot slower than i would expect it to be i think one of tommy's favorite topics in the world is training intensity um but obviously to train for something this long, you've had to, as a competitive, a naturally competitive person, which, you know, you have to be to sign up to something like this. When you go out to train, you're almost like racing yourself each time. How did, like, have you got any tips or tricks to make yourself go slower? Because a lot of people go out for their run and they're like, oh yeah, today's an easy run. And you end up maxing out your heart rate and doing a big sprint finish against absolutely nobody every single time. Like, how do you, help manage that effort um I'd, I'd like to interject something here where i say like oh i trained my heart rate and all of this um i was on my bike ride today there was somebody on a hill above me and i completely blew my doors just making sure i went past them so <laughs> <laughs> you know. there's nothing more awkward than overtaking someone really slowly though is there <laughs> no, no so i'm running and i'm near someone i'm gonna have to speed up because it's just awkward running side by side <laughs> <laughs> exactly i knew i was way quicker than them but i couldn't just sort of take overtake them at a comfortable heart rate because that would have just sort of been a a slow death for them so yeah i completely blew my doors um i think my heart rate got up to like one 178 which was great um so uh it's all all relative i think is the the way to say it um i this sounds this is going to sound really arrogant and terrible but it's actually true. I enjoy my running most when I run with somebody. My training partner run, the person that I train with probably the most, runs at a naturally, like just a little bit slower pace than me. Um, and that, when I started running with them and seeing those that, that correlation of like, oh, this is an easy run and I can sustain it for ages. And we would usually finish with like a little five 10 minute tempo bit at the end um again for me it was like a a low end tempo for them it was a high end tempo it just made it really that was the best way so find somebody slower than you and run with them um is uh but don't don't think of it as a bad thing running slowly the um, one of um a, a parent at school is a GB marathon runner in his age group. Um, and that's like insane, absolutely incredible. Um, and he and I were just talking about uh, sort of speeds and things like that. And when he was telling me that his long run, he's running at a pace that I would have considered too slow in the past, that also gave me a lot of you know reassurance that it is fine to run slowly because there's it's 80 20 isn't it that's the sort of thrown around golden rule as far as i'm aware 
80% at a gentle, very, very comfortable pace. It, to the point where I walk up some of the hills when I go trail running because otherwise my heart rate goes too high. I mean, they are like quite steep, but at the same time, there's I don't see any shame in it. And I think that's part of it, isn't it? People sort of shame themselves. They're like, oh my God, I'm not as fit as that person or I'm not running as fast. And, you know, we're all guilty of it. I, as I said, I'm, I was guilty of it today being like, I'm going to go past that person. But at the same time, actually being happy and comfortable doing your own thing is is as important um and as i say on my long runs when i eat and take gels and stuff i generally turn that into a, a minute or two minute walk um just because running and trying to shove a gel down your mouth or eat a, an energy bar is a nightmare so it's just much easier to walk that section it's not going to do anything to your overall time it's easier to get the energy on board and you can go again and yeah so they've all been lessons I've learned this year. Um, I, I wasn't this runner or this athlete a, a, a year ago, 12 months ago. I, I, I've learned them, those lessons and I've seen the results. I think that's the what's made it easier is that now I've seen the results. I'm not afraid to do those things anymore. Yeah. It's, um, I, I took myself off Strava, but I know, you know, millions of people love Strava, but it, it doesn't help in that respect does it for training when you you have these little segments and leaderboards and stuff like that and you're almost you're competing against strangers who haven't even gone on the same day as you and you find yourself racing them um and you can even get them popping up on your watch and stuff um to tell you that you're ahead of this person or behind this person and yeah to be able to detach from that and just focus on process goals as opposed to purely outcome goals is what i think quite difficult yeah, hundred uh, percent. As I say, it was very difficult. Um, it it's taken a long time to let go of that. I still love Shraba, um, because when you go fast, it's cool. But at the same time, uh, <laughs> Strava, if you're listening, we we would like some sponsorship. So yeah, yeah, I'm I'm in the market. I'm yeah. doing a lot of exercise at the moment. I'm with Strava. I'm back on it now. Are you? Yeah, had a had a, had a month off. I think. A whole month. I think I saw something about that in the news, actually. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen this person? He's not on Strava anymore. Yeah. Now I'm back with my two eight Ks this week. Lovely. Oh, fantastic. I um I find the phrasing of the the way we talk about exercise really interesting. So I think a lot of people when they're getting into it, you say, oh, "I went for a run," and you'll be asked one of two questions: either "How far did you go?" or how quickly did you run? Yeah. I make a conscious effort now. Whenever anyone tells me that they've done anything exercise, I'm like, oh, did you enjoy it? Or how was it? How did it feel? I don't ask specific questions about time or pace, etc. Because for me, those things are secondary. Like unless you are really training specifically to run a time, I, I actually think that it's completely irrelevant. Like nobody's paying you to do these things. Like you might as well enjoy it. Also, when someone says their time, do you automatically make a judgment? Yeah, well, 100%. <laughs> but, and also, um, well, we were actually uh, chatting before, Jasper, about the the COVID and how being back on Zoom felt a little bit like teaching online again. Um, don't know if you guys remember the Ross Barkley 5K? Yes. Where people would 
like sprint for 200 meters then pause their watch for a couple of minutes then sprint again yeah, yeah, yeah. seven 16 17 minute 5k but it'd take an hour and a half and you're like what's the point yeah. and people were just doing it to try and get i don't know extra online credit from strangers and this is the most one of the like fascinating things i found about it is um i look at i do look at how many kudos i get on strava I would say the number of kudos I get is much lower. Now my volume of training is much higher. Like today I went for a 90 kilometer ride. A year ago, I'd have expected sort of 10, 15 kudos for that, but that would be my one 90 kilometer ride in probably a whole month or maybe a month, uh, two, two, three weeks. I've had two today. Yeah. Just becomes like normal, isn't it? Like, oh no, yeah. I was next. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and it's like, oh, he's he's training really hard. Well, he doesn't deserve it. And it's like, yeah. hang on, <laughs> that's the whole point. I'm training incredibly hard. I do deserve your love and adoration, but um, yeah, you don't get it, unfortunately. Psychologically, do you find that difficult? Because that's why I took myself off those apps because I was looking at I was coming back from an injury and looking at people who I knew I had been fitter than, but now wasn't, etc. And I found that idea of comparison quite difficult to deal with is it one of those where you look at it and you're like oh idiots don't know what they're doing like or or does it actually like does do you think it does have a little impact um i i find it more interesting than anything else like just the psychology behind it like why why does it not deserve it um i i don't get caught up on it um because i've done a lot of training recently and if i'd got caught up on it i would not be leaving the flat i think um I, I find yeah I find it really interesting I think also in my heart of hearts I'm like I could go out and smash you on the bike so I'm I'm comfortable in myself in that like there's a little bit of arrogance slash comfort overconfidence there and um, that sort of puts it to bed that these people are maybe they're not giving me kudos because they're afraid of me and my immense athletic ability <laughs> Because it's definitely helped me be more consistent in the past because I'm in my head, I think I don't want to let my volume drop down on my graph this week. So I'm going to be more consistent. And then I say that, but now I've gone back to, I don't really care too much. Um, but I think it's definitely helped me be more consistent in the past. Is it, there's the, is it the quote? Oh, love butchering a quote. Um, <laughs> is it what's, what's monitored and improve, improves, what's monitored and reviewed improves exponentially? So yeah, having, you definitely got that wrong, but it's something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> something along those lines. You get what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but the idea is that when you look at something and you're checking on it and you're looking back at what you've done, you do hold yourself slightly accountable. Unless you're going to create a fancy spreadsheet or something like that, having an online easy platform can be really helpful for people to like see that, oh, you know, six months ago I was actually here. And now I'm here and I feel great. And I hadn't really realized all those little steps that have led me to be 20% quicker or yeah. running 10% further, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, in terms of that, looking back at yourself and seeing where you were, um, Strava obviously tracks like your best times and that sort of thing. Um, so it does, I those are the bits that I look at and not at anybody else's best times, but generally at my best times, like where am I? And those sorts of things. I think they really, that side of it does help. Um, and having that there as a reference point, obviously uh, the, the other one that I, and 
and it came up whilst you were talking that I thought about is the holding yourself accountable, but also having other people hold yourself, hold you accountable. So for example, George wrote this training plan. So he has access to it and essentially knows what I should be doing each day, um, which is why I made the excuse very early on in this interview that I hadn't done the run. Um, because I'm four you, are, you are going to do it after this. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably going to be tomorrow morning. Later. Um, but having that, that accountability um, and not even knowing that other people check, but thinking that they might, that definitely it has a motivator. So the days where I've been like, oh, I cannot be bothered with this. Um, knowing that somebody might be like didn't you say you were going for a run yesterday and yeah. I, I do that quite often and I'll tell somebody the day before oh I've got a swim session or I've got a run and a swim session or I've got this and this to do and therefore knowing that they might see it on Strava and be like didn't you say you were off for a run and having not done it that's the the hardest bit is getting out the door uh, and it, like it sounds ridiculous but even for the easy sessions getting out the door is the hardest bit um and having that level of accountability that Strava and Garmin Connect and those things brings has is definitely I'm not sure that I would have done as many sessions I might have skipped an extra one or two in there had I not had those things yeah I think you're absolutely right with these remotes um kind of enforcers if you will but for those that are getting started as well this idea of an accountability partner if you say to somebody let's meet at this time tomorrow you know you kind of have you have to be there don't you there's an added layer of your alarm clock goes off well you said you'd do it so you need to follow through because otherwise you're not just let yourself down there's somebody else who's relying on you yeah and and that comes to the training partner thing that i mentioned earlier i'm not sure i would have made as many sessions or as or they would have been as good quality if I hadn't been training with somebody um so uh the person I train with uh, she we switch we do all of our swim sessions or well over 90 percent of them together because we'd go straight after work um she worked with with me and so that accountability and and, and I, I would massively recommend it if you're getting into exercise and fitness don't do it by yourself because running by yourself cycling by yourself or swimming by yourself whatever it is or playing that's why we play team sports because it's much better with other people it's a shared experience isn't it yeah even these communities we've spoken about these are very individual activities like running cycling swimming are typically individual sports hmm. but you can get these groups and quite social environments where you can go out with different people and i've i'd probably say i find the the groups of individual sports more welcoming than i do teams in lots of ways like there's less politics and things like that going on yeah 100 percent. and george and i go for runs whenever i or whenever i go up and see him or go for a swim the the community around those things the swimming especially the open water swimming is is amazing and it that in itself is a motivator you want to go and see these people you want to go and say hello if you for running for example if you know that you are meeting up with one of your friends and at the end you go for a coffee well it's just a great excuse to spend a bit of extra time with one of your friends and do something that you both like you don't even need to really enjoy it at the at the beginning you, you're 
you're going through the journey together you're you're learning to to enjoy that experience um and it's just you're enjoying it more because you're doing it with a friend um and as i say training with somebody who you might not think is the same fitness level doesn't diminish the enjoyment um or who is uh, and that's i think that's the other thing is i've had people say to me oh i wouldn't run with you because you, you're quicker than me i i literally don't care when i go for a run i want to run with people um and so actually find somebody who will run with you because they they will enjoy it i would imagine as much as you if not more um and and that's been one of the the big takeaways is that um annoyingly my training partner is leaving our work to go to a different school so i'm gonna have to i'm literally gonna have to press gang somebody else into coming to all of these sessions with me in the future <laughs> like bullying for their health yeah it's good for them it's they might not them. they won't enjoy it to begin with but they will by the end <laughs> fantastic um just sort of last bit as you head to your last two weeks um and you said you know you've enjoyed the process and if if the Ironman got cancelled, then you'd still would have taken a lot from this. But is there like a, I don't know, is there a, a feeling that you've got about the day in particular? Is it like Christmas Day, um, you know, for, for, for a little kid? Um, is there this level of excitement around it? Like, how are you feeling about the event itself? Because obviously we're going to have you on afterwards to talk about how it went. Um, so just get like a, let's have a prediction as well um oh wow um yeah it is excitement um i just a bit of extra detail i'm doing it in copenhagen so i'm not doing it in the uk um so i'm turning it into a bit of a holiday and it will be my first holiday of the year so it, it, it's a lot of things rolled into one um having done these sorts of things i I go through loads of phases in this next two weeks. I will go through um, sort of denial um, and um, I will be finding every excuse for as to why I'm not going to do well. So oh, having lunch instead of going for your run. Yeah. Yeah, exactly that. Um, or, oh, if I like, oh, I ate an extra donut three weeks ago. So I'm definitely going to be slower. I'm going to have put on this amount of weight. Um, I will... And then I'll get nervous and excited. And on the night before, I'm probably not going to sleep. Um, I'm already at the stage where I'm doing like checklists day, day, like what, what do I need? What do I need during the day? How am I going to structure my nutrition? How am I going to structure my hydration? That will be the biggest thing. I think it's 12 hours of exercise. How you fuel your body for that amount of time is, is so key to the experience and, and getting it. And then, yeah, I think crossing the finish line, the uh, the last big thing I did was a, a said trail marathon and I bawled my eyes out for the first like, minute after the crossing the finishing line. I think this will be bigger. I've had it a couple of times on training where I've been doing something and I've suddenly thought about that moment of crossing the finishing line. And it it is, it's really emotional. It's like a, yeah, it, I can't describe it, but it's a very high intensity emotion, emotional moment and i know that crossing that finishing line is going to be just that times 100 because it's been six months of my life that i've invested in this um and then i think the final question was a prediction wasn't it 
Yeah, so what Tommy does is he predicts and commits to stuff and then he just does the opposite. So don't feel that your prediction needs to be like set in stone. Um, uh, I heard this term quite recently and I really enjoyed it. Uh, my A goal is uh, 11 hours, so sub 11 hours. And if that's 10, 59, 59, then that is as good as 10 minute, 10 hours, 30 minutes. Um, I think it's realistic. I've looked at some num. I, this is where like the numbers side of it comes into it. I've I've looked at them and I think it's doable. To give you an idea, that's rough. I think that will be an hour and four minutes of swimming, maybe less. Hopefully, um, I think the bike actually is going to be quite rapid, and I'm hoping for about five hours thirty, and then the marathon. I think I should be able to go sub three forty, if it goes well. My B goal is 12 hours. Um, and I know that sounds like a massive jump, but it's not. Where yeah. like between 11 and 12 hours, that's less than 10%. Um, so that's actually really not that. Like if you think about a, a, a sub 20 minute 5K to a 20 sub 22 minute 5K, that's not like a lot. Yeah. Um, and then my C goal is finishing. I get across that finish line. Um, I say thank you very much. Uh, I still cry. And um, and then the best bit is going to be the next day. I have not drunk for three months. And <laughs> I know during these ultra endurance, like the day of, I'm probably going to really struggle to have a beer or anything. My stomach will be in pieces. The next day, I'm going to eat and drink quite inordinate amounts of both food, coffee and alcohol. Maybe all just, of because, just because you can, it's a bit of a celebration. Yeah. Oh, and this is the thing that I found out. So this is slight indulgence here. Um, the Monday afterwards, they have the award ceremony for the age groupers and for the pro finishers and all of those sorts of things. So um, because it goes on for so long, they don't award those prizes on the day. They do a separate thing the day after. At that point, they then start offering world championship places. So in my age group, there are four places. Now, I'm not expecting to finish in the top four of my age group. However, if third and fourth decline it, it's a trickle-down system. So it just drops down. So if I finish in like the top 10 in my age group, which all things considered could be quite likely, I might get offered the chance to go to the world champs. And in which case, I'll see you all in Hawaii in 2020. <laughs> That's the holiday I'll be taking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I will be. I will. Because um, you have to pay a lot of money to secure your spot. And I can imagine lots of people wouldn't do it. Um, the cost of getting out to Hawaii would be enormous. I, mm. I know it is huge, but I'd do it anyway. Um, and I can imagine a lot of people saying no. Um, maybe not. It's one of those things that's just in my back of my mind. I will make sure that I take my uh, credit card to that um, award ceremony. And then it's next month's problem. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. 12 next months. Next problem, yeah. yeah. <laughs> got like six months to detrain and then six months to train again. Fantastic. Awesome. Um, um, Jasper, thank you very much for coming on to the show. It was great to meet you. All the best for two weeks' time. Yeah, thank uh, you. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on how you get on. And then just just quickly, you said you were assuming you don't go to Worlds. You said you're going to go back to the shorter distances after that. What would you be looking to do if you didn't end up going to Worlds? 
Um, uh, there's like a few things on my mind. I want to see what I can do over five and 10 kilometer running races. Um, just see, like, see how fast can you go? Um, and then I think probably next year, um, I like, well, I'm going to swim Lake Windermere because some really good friend has sort of press ganged me into doing it maybe even twice in the same day. Um, and I'm thinking I might at the same time train for a half Ironman. Um, it's like, it's five and a bit hours. And I think that would be a bit more manageable in terms of volume. And I, I, I'd quite, yeah, I'd quite like to do a half Ironman race as well. Cool. I don't know. A lot happening. Yeah. Uh, you know, small goals, small goals. Awesome. Yeah. F- thank you very much for coming on. It was a pleasure to meet you and all the best for, for that event in two weeks time. Um, yeah. Thanks so much for having me. And then Kirk, what are we doing next week? Oh, let's not pretend like we know. We haven't picked a topic yet, have we? No, we haven't picked a topic no, yet. No. <laughs> yeah, tune Is that in why next I'm week. here? No, you hadn't, not you, you hadn't picked topics and you were just uh, like, we'll get them on. No, this was done ages ago. Don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> thanks everyone. See you next week. Cheers.